Uh, the first thing I'd like to say is thank you to Ross and the administration for allowing uh, all of the community to be able to have access over the last three games. I think it's been for sure a tipping point uh, in the ambiance and the environment. I thought tonight was incredible. Obviously, there was a lot at stake. But I don't check email, uh, but the guy that does it for me, he's printed out so many heartfelt emails from families that are attending for the first time with children and the fun they're having and the interaction with our kids. And I think long term, we found some new supporters. So uh, we appreciate those that are coming out. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, specific to the game, I thought our staff was tremendous in the adjustments that we made specific to Wake. Uh, you guys know of my relationship with Coach. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Did not want to play him. I uh, have the utmost respect for him. He has multiple head coaches on his staff. ACC Coach of the Year, ACC Player of the Year, uh, leading scorer in the league, uh, leader in assist. They were a hard prep, uh, but I thought our staff, the adjustments that we made were spot on. And I thought the execution by our players of that nuance was really important. Um, yeah, I'm a little spent. I'll just answer your guys' questions. Coach, uh, when you consider that Wake Forest actually is a very good offensive team, uh, have y'all played a better defensive game this season? And what were some of those adjustments? Yeah, I don't know who we're playing, Olin, when we get to New York. Um, it was the first time we did some of those adjustments, so I just don't, I don't want to say them completely. And I know you weren't asking in that way. I think they were averaging 86 points a game over their last five games. Uh, zero commands so much attention. Uh, excuse me. 31 commands so much attention. And then they utilize zero in uh, a variety of ways, some of which are similar to 31. They're shooting 25 threes a game at 35%. And they're going to play with five shooters on the floor 185 minutes. Um including 13 and 20 who can both shoot threes. So relative to our normal defense, I would say that we made 8 to 10% adjustments, but I thought those adjustments at this late of a stage is kind of hard because it's not only the games that you've played your defense, but it's all of the practices. And so those adjustments were critical. They were the right adjustments, but the execution by our players, um, really important. They are fast, uh, fast with uh, four guys on their team that average over five threes attempted per game. And then they do an incredible job getting fouled at the line, getting to the line. They were the third best team in the country at rim shot attempts and rim shot percentage. And so if you don't handle that, you're just going to get destroyed. And I think a lot of that has been uh, why they've been so successful. Coach Forbes said that they were rattled by your defense in the first half. Did you feel that way? Um, I thought we were fast uh, to the ball, whether the ball was on the bounce or in the air. 
And what we were trying to do, Olin required that. Uh, because you can't play 31 straight up. You can't play zero straight up. And the teams that we studied that tried to do that did not have success. And so whatever your plan is on 31 or zero, you're going to be outnumbered on the weak side. And I knew that Forbes would know that. And I thought that they attacked that. They attacked it on the first play. And even in the second half, they continued to attack what we were doing the right way. Um, but when the ball gets to the other side and they have more numbers, whoever just was on the strong side, you better go real fast to get back to the strong side because they're going to beat you. And I thought our convergence from one side to the other was really good. You talked about the way just you know the team has been playing. Obviously, you go back to the end of the regular season, but do you think even just this NIT that um, they progressively each game just brought more energy and specifically defensively just got better? Yeah, I don't think that we played great against Alcorn. We didn't practice the day before because um, we had played four games in four days, and I didn't think that practicing mentally or physically was the right way. We got back into a rhythm. We played Alcorn, I think, on a Tuesday, so we were off on Wednesday, shooting with Buzz on Thursday. We practiced Friday, normal prep, uh, write, watch, walk, practice, Played Saturday morning, is that right? Or Saturday early game, wasn't it? Yes, I think the Saturday early game actually helped us because it gave us the rest of Saturday. Off Sunday, shooting with Buzz Monday. Uh, today's Wednesday, right? So yesterday was full day of work. I think our staff has done a really good job of researching the opponent, and then distilling it to the lowest common denominator so that our team can understand the adjustments specific to Oregon. I think Oregon and Wake are probably as diametrically opposed as you can be. And so the numbers say that we have played really well defensively. Um, I think tonight was our 38th game. And so I've never coached a season that had 38 games. And for sure, none of our players have played in a season that had 38 games. And I think that we've won 11 out of our last 12. So that would be uh, 11 out of our last 12. So then we've won 12 out of our last 14, right, since Valentine's Day. Uh, I do think there's been a crescendo in our improvement on both sides of the floor during that time. And what were uh, the emotions like that last time out you took to take you out of the game? Yeah, I'm trying to handle all of this the right way, even right now. Uh, it just, I'm ultra emotional after all that's transpired over the last month or so. Uh, but typically speaking, I guess your your last home game when you have senior day, you expect that to be the last time that you would play at home. And then for us to be able to play 
three more home games because of what's transpired and him to get the ovation with many, I would say, approaching thousands that haven't seen Q play in person until the last week or so. I, I think he really appreciated it. How much do you think it means to the guys on the team and for yourself just to be, for this group to be the first one to make the trip to New York and go this far in the United States? Evan mentioned that to me um, whatever day that was. He may have mentioned it to me on Saturday or maybe told me on Sunday, but they, they were aware. Uh, and that's one thing that we talk about in our program is firsts. Um, and so that was a first for the program, but it was a first for our team. And um, I, I think that they've handled Selection Sunday through the next, uh, whatever this is, nine or ten days in a very mature way. And I think that maturity um, – was received by all of the players and all of the staff. Um, and I think you can see that in how we've handled the last 10 days. And I think that's um, healthy not only for the future of our program, but the lessons that ha they have learned from all of this, uh, I think will be beneficial for their life. So when you speak of them kind of knowing what's at stake and knowing that that first of, of getting to New York, is it – Fitting that when the, the the margin narrowed down to eight, that it was Haas that came in and made the threes that kind of spread it back out and kind of maybe put some ice on it with what was at stake for him too. Yeah, he uh, he for sure wanted to go home, uh, and you know even in defense of Haas, he handled that in a very mature way, right? Uh, everybody knows he's from Queens, um, and I don't even know how many guys on our team have been to New York. You know, and I told them they were saying something about it the other day, and I happened to hear it. And I was like, Haas is from New York, but the borough he's from is not what you think New York is. Uh, we're, we're not going to play the NIT where where Haas lives. It's down the road. Um, but he he has handled the opportunity for him to go home in an incredibly unselfish way um, and a very mature way. And then with, of course, the ovation that Quentin got, but I know you then called a timeout to get the other guys and the kind of rally and the support that you see from, from, from even those those other guys that you were able to well, Did you know that you were going to do that before? And, and kind of what did you uh, sense in that moment? Well, I wanted to play um, in um, – I, I'll, I'll mess this up, but I think that uh, against Arkansas, I was able to play Zach and Davin. Uh, Zach has been here since the day I was hired. Davin is new this season. And then the head coach at Texas A&M, I saw later that evening when I got to the hotel, and she told me I made a mistake because I didn't put Big A in. So we had a staff meeting about – how poor of a coach I was. So I said, okay, I'll tell him at mental practice. So I saw Big A later that evening. I said, Big A, I apologize. Coach told me I should have put you in. And I said it in front of the team. I apologized in front of the team. We didn't get that chance against Tennessee. And so didn't Big A play against Oregon? That's right. So – as I'm going to tell Big A to sub in, I see EV, 
an EV tore something in his knee six or eight weeks ago. And I didn't want to hear from the coach at Texas A&M that I didn't put EV in. So I'm telling <laughs> EV to sub in. And my staff says, you can't put EV in. And I was like, why? And I thought they were going to say because his knees tore up and he's got to have surgery. And they said he's not in the book. I said it politely. How is he not in the book? So then to, I think they changed that. And so to, for all of those guys to be able to get in, and of course, Zach, I think, is averaging one shot per 30 seconds in his career at AM. But I'm glad that all of those guys got to play. Anything else, Coach? Thanks, Thank you, guys. Thank you. See everybody in New York. Yeah, that's good. <laughs>